The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And that's David Wilcox singing my theme song, Bad Apple. That's me. You guys know that. By the way, I come up with another acronym for OBE after listening to our last guest. Out of brain experience. Yeah. I think you left the brain with the dog. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and um, you're listening to us on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on Shortwave. And I'd like to say hello to all our new listeners throughout the European Union. And thank you guys for the emails that I'm getting. And I'm telling you, it's a pleasure being over there. And as well to all our Asian listeners, uh, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, all of you, for those kind emails that you're sending us. And uh, I hope to get back to each and every one of you in the very near future. one 877 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our website's www.exxoneradio.com and www.exxonetv.com. My guest this hour is a gentleman who is very well known and highly respected throughout the UFO world. His name is Dr. Bruce Cornett. Uh, Bruce has initiated a research project to install passive detection and monitoring devices at UFO hotspots around the U.S. He has many of his own outstanding sightings and videos on his website. And he he is undoubtedly the world's leading authority on the events that have been occurring in the Pine Bush area of New York from the 1980s to the present day. And he is also on staff at the National Institute for Discovery Science. And Dr. Bruce Cornett, how are you, Bruce? Welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us. Well, thank you, Rob, for having me back. I'm doing quite fine, thank you. Bruce, um, your your status as a ufologist in my books is that of... Uh, last night we had Dennis Balthaser on. And you go back to the old days with me 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. First show of the Exxon was in 1993. Your research goes back to 19 into the 1980s, I believe. Actually, 1992, uh, when uh, things began to really uh, open up for me, mm-hmm. um, it was uh, Ellen Crystal's work that went back into the 80s. Right, and, right. Uh, Ellen's uh, she's been on the show a number of times. But you know, Bruce, in this world of ufology today, there are many people out there who don't know what the heck they're doing. I have to agree with that. You know, and I did an editorial where I said that in my experience, 15 years or 16 years doing this show, the credible ufologists are very few and far between. 
And as I put Dennis Balthaser into the credible category last night, I do the same tonight with you. Because you. I've I've seen your work. I've seen the, the the meticulous manner in which you go about investigating things. You never take anything as sight on scene. You investigate. And I believe that you do this because of your, your training as as a researcher, geologist, uh, and right. a paleobotanist. You know, like, you're a scientist, so you take everything from a scientific angle. In fact, uh, the creed of a scientist is to uh, try to falsify hypotheses and theories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you investigate, you come up with uh, data, yep. um, you try to explain that data with an hypothesis or theory, and if you can falsify it with additional data, then you must go back to square one and try another uh, interpretation. Bruce, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Please stand by. Dr. Bruce Cornett is our guest this hour. His website is www.monmouth.com forward slash tilde B. Cornett. And uh, Dr. Bruce Cornett and I will be back talking about UFOs to paleontology to things from the past. And is there correlation from the past to the future? Quantum physics, 109. I'll be back with Dr. Bruce Cornett live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Heard around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, 
co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. Dr. Bruce Cornett's our very special guest, and uh, Bruce, uh, with uh, I'd like to talk to you, if possible, about the Stephenville UFO and the controversy between what the military first said, and then their rebuttal or their fast turnaround, and they said, "Oh yeah, we had ten F-16s in the air." Uh, as a professional ufologist, how did you perceive this? First off, I um, think that uh, uh, most people um, can distinguish a, a conventional aircraft from, uh, from something that does not look like an aircraft. And if it's behaving uh, unlike that of an aircraft, such mm-hmm. as uh, stopping, hovering, taking right angle turns, uh, moving around without making any noise, um, they take notice and... Um, think it's something unidentified, and obviously it is. That's right, because they don't know what it is. Right. And, um, you know, then for the military to come in and say, oh, it was just a bunch of uh, F-16s, I mean, it's it's sort of like a slap in the face, uh, Mm -hmm. assuming that these people uh, are idiots. And that's not probably not the case at all. Now, over over the years investigating UFO sightings, uh, Bruce, have you come across it before where the military will say one thing and then a few days later they'd backtrack? Or backpedal, uh, I should say? Um, well, when I uh, was at NIDS, National Institute for Discovery Science, uh, back in uh, 2004, uh, I went through a lot of different files and things, and uh, it was quite clear that... Um, uh, there was a policy in place within the military um, to uh, put everything through a, a very uh, uh, strong filter. Um, and in other words, they're just not going to uh, admit to anything uh, that they don't want out there. And um, there has been, for example, in the Pine Bush area, uh, there was an attempt uh, later uh, discovered by Phil Ambronio um, that the CIA... Uh, during that uh, flap in the uh, mid-'80s, the, um, where these very large uh, craft or objects were seen by thousands of people and reported, and thus the subject of uh, Bronio's book with Heineck called Night Siege, um, where uh, they tried to mimic uh, the uh, formation of lights that were being described with uh, uh, slow-moving airplanes and that had special lights. Uh, installed on them, all for the purpose of uh, confusing the public. Um, So I do know that something like that has happened. Um, That has been documented. Bruce, I was wondering if you could, for the listeners who may not be as familiar with the Pine Bush uh, events in New York State around the Hudson uh, Valley, I was wondering if you could explain it to them, please. 
Boy, uh, I don't know how I mean many hours you you got here for me, but uh, oh, only one, my friend. Try, only one. I'll try to uh, summarize it in in as best a way I can. Sounds like um, a simply to say that uh, I discovered back in '92 this book called uh, Silent Invasion by Ellen Crystal, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I was fascinated by it because I was living in Middletown, New York, and she described these events that were happening around that uh, city. And um, I contacted her, and she took me out into the field. And uh, this was the beginning of, of a uh, cycle of uh, sightings during the 90s that lasted probably from 91 till 97, and then uh, slacked off abruptly in 90, at the end of 97 with only sporadic sightings after that. And um, I, uh, it is basically an area where uh, thousands of people have uh, seen, mostly uh, locals, residents, uh, unusual uh, lights in the sky and craft that they can't explain. And uh, it's called the Pine Bush Hotspot. Um, and one of my uh, desires or uh, attempts at research was to understand what was going on. Um, Ellen Crystal, in her book, uh, hypothesized that uh, there was an alien base below ground. That's why there was so much activity there, because she had actually witnessed craft diving into the ground and disappearing without a crash and emerging from the ground. And uh, I actually have photographed them doing this out in the field at night with time exposures, and you can see it actually happening. Um, and uh, I wanted to go out and test her hypothesis. This is one of uh, the methods of science uh, to try to arrive at the truth. And uh, I borrowed a, a proton magnetometer, a very sophisticated instrument used in geology to uh, determine the Earth's magnetic fields. And I uh, did a 200 square mile magnetic survey. It took me three years to complete with 1,800 stations. And I was able to generate maps that uh, revealed not only the geology, uh, the structural geology below ground, mm-hmm. but also showed a series of uh, ancient islands that were embedded or buried in, in, uh, in ancient marine rocks. And some of those islands were actually exposed in the southern part of the Wallkill River Valley. And the ones to the north were still um, buried in rock. And... Um, these strange anomalies were all associated with these islands. And that raised a number of questions as to what was going on. Um, uh, I've uh, found additional things in the valley which are quite extraordinary um, and perhaps uh, lend some explanation as to what is going on. Uh, One thing that uh, happened recently um, is that the History Channel contacted me, and uh, they became familiar with... uh, uh, my discovery of signals coming out of the ground that were not natural, they were highly sophisticated, they had been analyzed by physicists and by uh, people at JPL, and um, uh, they are definitely uh, not, uh, they, they are not human, uh, of human origin, and um, they wanted to uh, check this area out again where I had uh, recorded these signals. Uh, they and that, that show is going to appear on the 19th of March on the History Channel. Um, we went to the location, and the area was popping with magnetic 
fluxes and signals and all sorts of strange things were happening. And uh, we even had a GPR, a ground-penetrating radar, and we were able to image um, a, an entombed, what I think is an entombed robotic probe below ground embedded in, in, in uh, ancient rocks that are 450 million years old. This is starting to sound like a scene out of uh, the uh, of uh, the day the Earth stood still. It could, you know, something of this nature. I mean, the thing that's always uh, perplexed me is I've given professional talks on this, and I yeah. have web pages on this, and PowerPoints, and uh, very few people have uh, picked up the baton and wanted to investigate this further. And yet, if there ever was a smoking gun, this is it. Um, here, this. Uh, this thing is, I've mapped it out uh, below ground. It's a huge triangle, 565 feet on a side, over 17 feet thick. It's probably close to 3 million cubic feet in size. Wow. It's enormous. And um, it's now, the erosion has nearly exposed it. It's just 7 feet below the ground, still embedded within very hard black shales. Um, and it is alive in the sense that it is sending out powerful signals and it is magnetizing the trees around it that, uh, to 1,700 milligauss, which is outrageous. That's almost as much as a bar magnet. Um, and because of this, these magnetic signals, that is, or uh, uh, these, uh, this device, we think is um, uh, sending signals out into space, basically trying to call home. Um, and uh, it is, that's perhaps one of the reasons why uh, Pine Bush Hotspot exists. is because I found other locations where other ones may have been buried and are still entombed in rock um, and sending active signals. And uh, it looks like this may be uh, being used as a gateway uh, for uh, wormholes and interdimensional travel in the sense that um, uh, these, there is more than one of these probes that came and landed uh, back 450 million years ago on this, these ancient islands. Um, and the reason I, I, I'm thinking that is uh, because if we sent a probe out to another solar system, mm-hmm. found a planet like Earth, um, and found that uh, life was evolving very rapidly in its oceans, um, we would want to send more probes out. We would send a lot of them out, and we'd, they'd land on these islands and, and send out their own devices into the uh, oceans to <clears throat> monitor the life and to record what was going on. And uh, obviously, this they thought long term. <laughs> they weren't thinking like we do. We have a send a, a you know a, a Mars rover out and. Uh, and eventually it will uh, fail. You know, after another decade, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll probably uh, get so clogged with dust it can't work. And uh, these things were designed to last for hundreds of millions of years and to travel great distances in space. Um, and now if the thing is close enough to the surface that it's able to uh, generate a signal, and uh, these signals I've actually recorded coming out of the ground, and uh, they are quite powerful. Um, and when we went back there uh, this last November, uh, the thing was just going crazy again, sending signals out into space. And uh, interestingly enough, I found it uh, to be most active 
uh, when I was doing my studies of it back in 92, 93, uh, when the constellation Bootes was directly overhead. Um, so it, it, apparently it is aware of its surroundings and aware of uh, uh, the uh, constellations. Uh, and um, uh, people have seen other probes, other uh, UFOs come in and hover over this thing, which is amazing. And uh, is it drawn to its beacon? Now so, tell me, Bruce, uh, throughout history, has this location ever been an ancient um, sacred site? Yeah. The all right, okay. <laughs> um, that particular one, but another one right nearby, mm-hmm. I call the Indian burial mound, and it has a number of what appear to be uh, Native American uh, features uh, on it. One that looks like a large uh, saucer-shaped UFO. Bruce, I and hate to other... do this, but I've got to take a commercial break. This is fascinating stuff. Exonation. This is why. When I get some of these people on here who talk about investigating UFOs, I kind of think they're a little fringy and a little bit of out there, and like Georgina Cannon would say, they're part of the woo-woo crowd. But when I get people like Dr. Bruce Cornett on, who takes a scientific approach, I listen. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi, this is Eric Rawls of Cosmoverse.com, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the Exxon. Hi, this is Blade Runner, and you are listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, I'm Laura Fabron of Feast to Fields Organic Vineyard in Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, my name is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara-on-the-Lake, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. I should have known you did me farewell. There's a lesson to be learned from this, and I learned it very well. 
Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Bruce Cornett's our very special guest this hour. His website is www.monmouth.com forward slash tilde B. Cornett. Bruce, I was just wondering if the uh, beacon that you've discovered has anything to do with the mythical return of Planet X. Oh, God, don't let me get into that. I mean, that, doesn't this come from uh, mythology? Uh, and maybe uh, Sitchin uh, getting into this. Um, yeah. Why should there be a Planet X? Um, I mean, there are a lot of rogue mm-hmm. uh, objects out there in space. Uh, they're finding them all the time. And uh, we know that uh, as, as we discover more and more, we're going to find that there may be uh, some very distant um, planets that uh, orbit our sun, as they have recently found and added a, a possible two or three new ones to the seven that we used to think were the only ones. Yeah. So, so I guess you, you don't uh, follow or you don't believe the Planet X story. Oh, no, please. Okay. Um, Just that, asking, you know, buddy. Okay. Just asking. Uh, you know, I, I base my stuff, I have to, I have, to have something solid. Yeah. Uh, something factual, something that can be reproduced, mm-hmm. and uh, something that can uh, be corroborated by my peers. Um, and uh, if I don't have that, uh, then it's just anecdotal information as far as I'm concerned. And really, we know how much of that exists in ufology. Yes, yes, very true. Now tell me, Bruce, the, the signal that this um, triangle is emitting, is it on a, uh, on a very unusual radio band? Uh, first off, it, the, where, the way I'm detecting it is magnetically. I see. Okay? And um, the, my uh, friend at JPL uh, says that he thinks uh, that there are these three magnetically generated sig- beams on each of the corner of this triangle are um, able to control a central uh, device and aim some sort of a... Um, uh, particle beam out into space. So we're talking um, about magnetic res- uh, magnetic harmony, uh, harmonance. What, what, uh, what's it called? Uh, magnetic magnetic convergence to create yes. a harmonic frequency. Yes, something of this nature, and that uh, because it's still below ground, mm-hmm. uh, he thinks that we're dealing with extremely small particles, such as you know um, uh, neutrinos or something that it's controlling. Uh, so, you know, if we could just get, I uh, could find people willing enough to put up some money that we could go out there and monitor this and try to determine mm-hmm. just exactly how it's producing the signal or what the signal is, imagine we could perhaps crack the, um, the telecommunication code of the universe uh, now, and find that there's, you know, it's, the universe is alive with signals. Um, and, and to think that, a SETI uh, is is correct in that the every the ET will communicate on waterhole frequency um, is is ridiculous. Um, you know, they're just looking at a very narrow band, um, and 
uh, they haven't found very much mm-hmm. after 60 years of uh, looking. I think they've had a couple questionable hits, and that's about it. So it's quite clear that um, if, if there, there are these probes out there uh, traveling around, uh, uh, gathering information on uh, the universe, um, uh, they're not communicating in any way that uh, we have yet discovered. Bruce, having the information that you have, how come the UFO community isn't just knocking your door down saying, how can we get involved in this find? Yeah, that's my question. I wonder how or why this is not the case. And I think it's largely because uh, in the UFO community, you have a lot of people, once they get involved and, and see something or think that, uh, you know, or become hooked on the idea or belief, um, they get it in their heads that it's an ephemeral phenomenon that can't be um, uh, studied scientifically. And uh, they want, uh, you know, trace evidence. They want uh, videos and photographs. And people seem to be uh, very eager to just see any video clip of something unusual in the sky. And to a scientist, that's all, nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it, it, you can't determine what's inside going on. What I did is I went out into the field with the various instruments and uh, took time exposures at night of these strange lights in the night sky, and I recorded uh, hundreds of uh, sightings of of things that were clearly not um, uh, man-made. And I can uh, go down a whole list of uh, reasons why. The listeners just have to go to my uh, website, and that will show you links to various uh, pages that I've generated over the last uh, 10 years. And um, on uh, all the data that I collected during the 90s, uh, there's just a, an enormous amount of data there. And one of the things uh, uh, is very consistent. All of these objects at night were using plasma lights. They were not using lamps. And um, you can determine that with infrared film. You can determine that from... Uh, uh, color um, uh, images, uh, blowing them up and uh, looking for evidence such as uh, plasma balls, mm-hmm. things of this nature. And uh, it's, and when these uh, some of these craft brighten their their lights, they literally set the atmosphere on fire. Uh, it turns to huge plumes of nitrous oxide, uh, glowing nitrous oxide that comes off off them. And that is mainly because they're uh, exciting the atoms in the atmosphere, and the atmosphere is largely composed of nitrogen and oxygen, and nitrogen and oxygen will combine to form nitrous oxide. And um, I have lots of uh, good images of that. Plus, any time they produce sounds, and this is very consistent, um, the sounds uh, can be analyzed. Uh, If they're recorded, they can be analyzed and uh, uniformly, no white noise. If I record a conventional air jet, I will get white noise. But with these, uh, you do not get that. And uh, the all the sound is broken up into about a dozen individual frequencies, as on a uh, as if produced by a, a sound synthesizer. Hmm. And um, also, the uh, sound exhibits reverse Doppler. Um, I've worked with Jack Safari. Uh, in California, and he uh, thinks that my data is, is uh, proof positive of, of uh, uh, anti-gravity fields around these craft. 
and that this will, in his, according to his theory, uh, when uh, the propulsion uh, through this method of, of controlling gravity will reverse the Doppler effect. So he says, I've proven that not only that his theory is correct, but that uh, I am recording uh, craft that are, uh, are being propelled by unconventional technology. So this is all physics data. Yeah. That is raw data that any other scientist can look at and analyze. And um, um, and I really don't have an explanation as to why more people aren't willing to uh, uh, you know, invest in, in my work. And how, how about... How about the government, the military? Because if this technology is as you believe it to be, Bruce, it would be invaluable to the government. Yes. The only explanation I can think of is that they've already figured it out. <laughs> ah. They already reversed engineered it, and they're really not that interested in it. Uh, they, because they don't want... It's right there in the, in a, and along the public thoroughfare where this, um, the craft is located. And if the government were to step in uh, and try to excavate it, um, there's a, a cemetery built right on top of it, and it's uh, so they'd have to move the cemetery. And I don't think they're going to get uh, the cemetery uh, people who own the, that cemetery uh, to go along with that. In addition, um, uh, they uh, it would be quite obvious what they're doing in, in, in their activity, and as a consequence, um, uh, it would attract a lot of attention. And the one thing they don't want is to attract attention to something like this. Now, Bruce, um, the, 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 the research or the continuation of research that you would like to do at this site that funding would be super for, how would this differ from what the government would do? Okay, if it's in the private sector, mm -hmm. uh, even if it involves JPL and NASA, okay, it uh, would be very public. It would have to be, just like the Mars missions, etc. Certain information would probably be classified, uh, but other information would be released. Uh, but in the, the bottom line is, this, if this is what I think it is, uh, Rob, I mean, you're dealing with a, um, a civilization that existed 450 million years ago. How do we know? Because it's embedded in rocks that have been dated to that age. Yeah. And uh, they have been sending probes out, uh, presumably uh, designed to travel uh, many light years, uh, we don't know how, and this may have been one of the, the first uh, um, exploration phases of this uh, civilization. And the uh, so basically you're dealing with an antique, okay? <laughs> if you can think of uh, E.T., you know, producing more and more uh, advanced models through the millions of years, uh, this thing would be an absolute antique. And it, yet it would be much more advanced than anything we would have. Is it possible, um, Bruce, that this is a time machine? Yeah. Yeah, and it, 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 it obviously, uh, I mean, to have something that's still active, mm -hmm. I mean, the, you know, if it's not running on, on the radioactive elements, a nuclear power, um, then, it's, then it's, we would I'd love to know just how, how it's able to be active just for uh, so many hundreds of millions of years. And... Um, um, that's by itself. Yeah. As, as one of my uh, colleagues said, Bruce, even if this doesn't turn out to be what you think it is, um, nobody's ever discovered anything like this. Uh, if this is a natural formation, or rock formation that's doing this, uh, this would be a huge, a huge interest to science. 
Um, and if it's what you think it is, it could uh, literally give us a quantum leap in our own uh, need for uh, finding free energy or a source of energy that could run this, our, our civilization. Bruce, could tectonic plate movement cause the um, magnetic uh, variances that you noticed? Well, it's a very quiet area. It's been dead tectonically uh-huh. for hundreds of millions of years. In fact, uh, the last uh, at the time this ocean was forming, it was a region of tectonic collision between Africa and North America. Right. Mountain ranges were being formed. But now <clears throat> it's, uh, uh, it's virtually dead. Um, there are very few earthquakes, and most of those are associated with the ancient rift valleys um, along the East Coast that formed when Africa and North, and North America split apart and Pangaea broke up uh, 200 million years ago. So, um, I would, you know, I'm, I was working at Lamont Dore, the Earth Observatory at the time, and uh, they monitored the whole area uh, seismically, and I would have known if there was any activity going on. Uh, it would have uh, been the buzz of the, of the, of the Institute. Right. Uh, now, Bruce, what happens when you bring an electric motor or vehicle near this site? Is there any um, any dampening of a magnetic field? Well, I would think that it could be. Uh, we didn't really go and test that aspect of it. I mean, we have recorded uh, drops in temperature over this thing, mm-hmm. as much as 10 degrees. Wow. Um, and increases in temperature in the winter enough to melt snowbanks. Um, we, uh, I've heard sounds being produced, and others have heard sounds coming out of the ground. Um, what so kind of sounds? something mechanical down there, humming, a humming, a vibration. Mm-hmm. So there's something moving. There are moving parts there's, uh, in this thing, whatever it is. And um, uh, what, however, if, if, if it can be excavated, it has to be done through the scientific community, openly, and uh, with the help of uh, you know aerospace engineers, et cetera, uh, and NASA, because they would need uh, to to put in protocols as to what we're going to do. I mean, I've even recorded high levels, high, uh, slightly above uh, background radiation levels. Okay, so there is radiation associated with it, and the closer we get to it, we don't know. We would have to uh, monitor every aspect of this. Make sure that nobody that gets near it uh, would be injured. And uh, what happens if we start to remove some of the overburden on it and free it up a little bit? Now, this thing landed. Uh, uh, hypothesis is that it landed on an island and the sea level rose, and eventually the island sank, and muds of that ocean covered over the island and entombed the the object. Okay, the craft. Bruce, stand by. I've got to take my final break. Dr. Bruce Cornett's our very special guest. Bruce, this has to be the the find, the scientific find of all times. I don't understand why people, like I said, are knocking at your door to get part of this, to be part of this, especially the government and the UFO world. They should be there saying, gosh, Bruce, thank you. Finally, a smoking gun. Let's get it done. I'll be back on the other side with Dr. Bruce Cornett as the Exxon continues right here on the Talkstar Radio Network.
Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more? Get ready for a toll-free number to Associated Tax Relief. Associated Tax Relief has helped others settle their tax debt with the IRS for mere pennies on the dollar. Associated Tax Relief's accountants, attorneys, and tax preparers are experts at negotiating with the IRS to settle your debt and put an end to the letters, wage garnishment, and hassles. In fact, the IRS is offering you a one-time opportunity to pay your tax debt for less than what you owe. You owe it to yourself to find out how you could save literally thousands of dollars on your tax debt by calling for a free consultation. There is absolutely no cost or obligation for this free tax consultation. Get the facts on how Associated Tax Relief can help you settle your debt with the IRS. Call now, 800-655-3298. Don't wait another minute. Call for your free consultation at 800-655-3298. That's 800-655-3298. 800-655-3298. Whether it's the arrival of Planet X in 2012, the Earth's crazy weather cycles, our deadly global warming, Armageddon, UFOs, ETs, terrorism, the critical mass 2008 presidential elections, Dr. Jason Rand talks the talk and walks the walk. Being a twice-nominated Grammy record producer, recording artist, publisher, lecturer, UFO ET researcher and investigator, and best-selling author of The Return of Planet X, Mankind's Ongoing Legacy with a Brown Dwarf Star. Dr. Jason Rand truly does walk the walk and talk the talk. For more information on Dr. Jason Rand or to order The Return of Planet X, visit his website at www.returnofplanet-x.com or call 901-336-9660. And where will you be in the year 2012? This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, 
Soul Balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A Soul Balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Dr. Bruce McAbee is our special guest, www.monmouth.com forward slash tilde B. Cornett. Uh, Bruce, I have a question for one of our listeners. His name is Rob. He would like to know if you've done any infrared photography of the anomaly. Um, not at that particular uh, location. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have used infrared uh, for the lights in the, in the sky. Uh, this is one thing that I want to do. But I'm trying to figure out how to go about it because I suspect that if I could uh, find some money and get in a uh, helicopter and we put an infrared uh, uh, camera on the on that helicopter and uh, photograph the ground at, in the, during the winter when it and you get the um, uh, the heat signature increasing on this thing, it'll just light right up. That's what I suspect, and that's what I. That's, these are things that still need to be done. A lot of monitoring has to be done mm-hmm. on this to really know what we have. Um, people have actually seen beam of light coming out of the center of this thing and tracking an airplane flying overhead. Um, that that is amazing, and uh, um, so there's been a lot. On, on, and other people have seen a military caravan come up to uh, the, this cemetery, stop along the side of the road. Soldiers and fatigues uh, get out, go into the cemetery, and take something out of the ground, and then get back in, and they take off. As if that, and so I have no doubt that they are aware of it. And um, uh, I even had an email uh, from uh, Robert uh, Gates um, complimenting me and thanking me for all the work that I've done. Hmm. <laughs> and you know who he is, right? Yes. Now, now tell me, because the military was in the graveyard, is it possible that this is something to do with the military, that it has no extraterrestrial origins? Well, it's unlikely that it, uh, the military will have anything to do with private land. Uh, they would want to own and control that land. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, for um, it to have a cemetery on top of it, it, it and uh, if, if in other words, they couldn't have put anything in the ground while that cemetery was there, Okay. They couldn't have touched that sacred ground. Um, and so uh, there's no way that... So this thing has to be older than the cemetery, and the cemetery goes back to the 50s. Okay? So whatever was put in there has to be a very ancient technology if it's ours. And why would they dig holes and put uh, devices below ground to send signals out into space? That doesn't make sense. Um, we have t- radio telescopes and other forms of uh, antennae that mm-hmm. do this above ground. We don't need to hide them in some cow pasture and up below a cemetery. As always, Bruce, great having you on the show. I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. And please uh, keep us abreast of your great research, will you? Oh, I will, Rob. I thank you again for having me on. And I hope uh, someone out there uh, hearing this uh, who has some deep pockets would uh, be interested enough in uh, participating. How can they contact you, Bruce? 
All right. Thank you so much. Uh, how can they contact you, Bruce? Oh, oh, uh, the, by, through my website. My email is bcornet at elp dot rr dot com, or just call me at this number nine one five four nine four four six two eight. And of course, they can always contact me, and I will get them right in contact with you. Very Bruce, good. take care of yourself. Keep the great work up, but. Right, thank you. Good night, sir. Bye-bye. Dr. Bruce Cornett, www.monmouth.com forward slash tilde B. Cornett. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour, I'll be joined by James Gilliland. We're going to be talking about a documentary entitled Contact Has Begun. I'll be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, exclusively on Exxon TV.